Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. This is C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains of America. Thank you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over Red State, the talk monster, the largest talk uh, radio um, platform in the nation, most listened to throughout the Fruited Plains. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe it or not, the Iconics, Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard there above Iconic Ripley's, and every hour on the hour, well, not on the hour, but every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there on the giant screen in Times Square, one block from where we drop the big ball, and old C.L.'s face looking right back there uh, at you, and things are beginning to uh, bustle and hustle again in Times Square. People are beginning to come out and mingle again, but we still have problems on um, the horizon when it comes to how do we uh, make the Chinese pay for this. Gordon Chang, Professor Gordon Chang, uh, an attorney extraordinaire, is coming up um, on the show here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, he is an international voice on this, and we're certainly going to want to talk to him about uh, the Chinese and how we make them pay uh, for this. I just got the um, incredibly, incredibly sad news from uh, one of my dearest friends, uh, one of my sons actually in the ministry, um, Donnie Riley, Donnie and Sean Riley, has lost their son, Donnell. Uh, I remember when he was a little kid, of course, Donnell was never really a little kid, but but uh, he um, lost his life to corona virus, and from what I understand, his mother spoke to uh, his father, my friend Donnie, just um, a few minutes ago, actually, and um, he was saying to me that uh, they never got a chance to see their son after they came and got him and put him on the in the ambulance that was it and there's a lot of um, improprieties uh, that happen surrounding the questioning the questions that the family had that his father had for his son Donnell um, that you should need you should want them answered uh, too throughout America you should want them because see this story has happened over and over again to you, American people, and we uh, have allowed them to do this to 
us, not the president's fault. Uh, you know, the president, I think, has probably done everything he possibly could to prevent these types of <clears throat> stories and things, but something went awry here, especially when we're talking about transparency with the Chinese. And hey, uh, I am not advocating, I will not advocate any type of um, retaliation or discrimination against any people, color, or creed. I'm talking about governments, uh, principalities, uh, you know, uh, those types of policies, world leader type policies. Not talking about a people here. We're talking about a government, a policy uh, direction that we are talking about here. And so don't anybody get crazy and get this twisted. Okay, <clears throat> we're not talking about retaliating against people. We're talking about retaliating against the government that uh, is so entrenched and ingrained in its own image and lies that it would not share with the world the fact that there was something that was coming out of its borders that could kill us all. That's what we're, we're wanting to deal with that government who would not share with the world that there was something that was coming out of its borders from beyond its borders to the rest of the world that would kill us all somebody needs to pay for that and certainly I agree with uh, my uh, friends and his family I'll be um, down around my hometown sometime next week sure the court stopped by and uh talking to and seeing them of course uh, I don't know how that's going to work uh, you know as far as concerned but anyway we'll work it out I'm CL this is the CL Bryant show coming up bottom of the hour Professor Gordon Chang uh, foremost um, scholar on all things China uh, will be on with me and then uh, later on in the show I have Pastor Tim Karskadden uh, APAC, American-Israeli Political Action uh, PAC, will be on with me. And um, looking forward to that. That'll be hour number two. If you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryan Show, you can download free the C.L. Bryan Show app onto your favorite device. And, of course, if you want to become a part of a movement, go to FreedomWorks. FreedomWorks.org. FreedomWorks.org is where you need to go and become a part of a movement that is not backing down, not stepping away, not going away, all because of people like you who have become a part of a movement that speaks to your heart as an American. FreedomWorks.org. FreedomWorks.org. Now, what are we going to do about this uh, spread of this virus? Because it's still spreading. It's killing, still killing and there's going to be many more deaths. I just told you about the death of a young, uh, young man I've known since he was a little, little boy, a really little kid, uh, just beginning to walk. Uh, known him, and um, it's hard to believe. But um, my thoughts and prayers go out to all of the Americans. I'm familiar with that. My wife, of course, you know, she has passed away. 
and um, you know that um, I at least got a chance to say goodbye. But there are so many who have not had that opportunity. I mean, it's going to be, and the truth of that, the truth of that has not uh, really come out as to just how many did die from Corona, COVID-19 infections, related symptoms and things. The Attorney General, uh, well, Attorney uh, Alan Dershowitz, says the Constitution gives the governments, the state governments, the state governments, the power to vaccinate people in order to prevent the spread of contagious disease. Which means that your state governor, once a vaccine is available, will be able to mandate that you get it. Oh, this won't be like the flu the flu shot. No, 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 no. Although they just about got you in a situation where you're going to have to get the flu shot too. Okay. Uh, oh, the, Chinese, the, the, the government, that Chinese government has caused all kinds of difficulties for uh, freedom-loving people, people who don't want others telling them what to inject into their bodies and, and they know how to, you know. This, this has just set a lot of things back for freedom-loving people. But uh, constitutional professor uh, Alan Dershowitz was asked, uh, you have to be if, if it's going to be necessary, if the states mandate that uh, it's necessary for um, its citizens to be vaccinated, he was asked, was that constitutional? And of course, his answer was absolutely. If you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to the doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. Oh, you hear it? Oh, you, uh, if you don't want to do it and the government says this is how we do it, guess what? Even though we're the land of the free and the home of the brave, now we can rebel. We can take up arms against it, but uh, this is for the public good, they're telling us. What Dershowitz is saying, that when it comes to the public good, the state can mandate that you as a citizen get a shot. If you refuse, Alan Dershowitz, he's pulling our coattails to it, telling us uh, all about it. If you refuse, if you refuse... You can literally, the state, the state authorities, the state officials, the sheriff, can literally take you to a doctor and have a needle plunged into your flesh. 
so that you're vaccinated. There, done. Caught, catch, release. <laughs> Got that one. Release them. Are there any others out there that we need to go and catch, bring in, and plunge the needle into their arm? This coronavirus thing has created a situation where it challenges the ability of us to remain sovereign within our own self. The same thing. What, what, you know, the same thing happened though with me with uh, tuberculosis, polio. It, it happened the same way. They told you you better bring your child. Your child, but in fact, your child ain't going. Is not going to school. Jane had always wanted me to stop saying "ain't." I'm doing my best. <laughs> your child is not going to school in certain states where if they have not been vaccinated, and it's to protect uh, your child from other children or the other children from your child who may have. Uh, they're a disease it gets from each other you put a bunch of kids in a room together it's like putting puppies in a kennel who have not been vaccinated somebody's going to get sick it's going to happen and that's what is happening and that's what has happened um, to us but know this know this do not take uh, with a grain of salt what I have said you had better totally savor and um, turn over on your palate what I've told you. The day is coming, and we always talk about one world government. We always talk about how does that come about. We always thought that maybe some war, some uh, you know, president or world leader coming to power would lead us to a one world uh, government. One world religion is where they'd like to go to. Uh, and that would be socialism. Yeah, uh, that would be socialism. Oh, it, not, it would not be any of the uh, big three, you know, Judaism, Christianity, or Islam. It would not be either one of those. It would be socialism. It would be the world religion. And what could bring about a state of mind throughout the world that would make us go for a socialist doctrine. Yeah, it's a natural disaster and disease that would make that happen. A natural disaster in disease would make that happen. And that's what's um, going on. A worldwide natural disaster with a disease moniker would make that happen. There's no, uh, it, it, it means that all governments having or having to cooperate interchangeably with one another to effectively stop and arrest the spread of a, a disease that is pandemically affecting the whole world. It would call for governments to work together. With the president that we have now, America would certainly remain sovereign and independent of um, falling under the spell of the UN, the United Nations, or the EU. We would remain independent. This president, and along with people like myself and many, many others, would absolutely 
fight against being controlled by anyone other than American interest or an American president, the commander in chief. But if you've often asked yourself, how does a one world system come about? Um, look at what is happening now. And, and, and also, even when you look at who we are uh, lining up to um, make responsible for the entire world being in this type of situation, you're talking about nations who have already taken sides against the Chinese, who is, by the way, one quarter of the world's population. Oh, you start lining Chinese up and marching them into the sea. The next generation would have grown up before you would have gotten to the youngest one. From the oldest to the youngest, if you started marching Chinese into the sea, the youngest one in line would have grown up before you could do that. <laughs> That's how many Chinese there are. Oh, there's a bunch of, but we're not talking about the people in, in necessarily. We're talking about governments and government policies and practices, principalities. We're talking about those types of things and the evil that goes on in those high places. Not the people. So not in any way am I, um, uh, whoever you are, red, yellow, black, white, uh, whoever you are in this country, not advocating any type of retaliation against you or your people. I am just wanting the truth to come out about what happened and then whatever government is responsible for this happening, we want to hold them accountable. But you better not be deceived about this at all. You better not be deceived about this at all. This was, in fact, intentional. Uh, and Gordon Chang's going to come on. He's going to talk to us about it. Um, Gordon was um, quoted or uh, tweeted out uh, earlier. Yes, every nation should join the Yellow Economic Circle, hashtag Yellow Economic Circle, and boycott hashtag China. No trade, no investment no licensing, no travel. Let's all starve evil. Those are strong words. And we're going to talk to the man who penned them, Gordon Chang, Professor Gordon Chang, when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant show after uh, these brief words. Um, don't you go anywhere if you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant show. Download free the C.L. Brian Show. Be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Coming up here in just a few minutes will be Professor Gordon Chang, who is advocating no trade, no investment, no licensing, no travel. Let's all starve. Evil. Uh, hashtag yellow economic circle. Hashtag China. Yeah. Let's boycott China. Join the yellow economic circle. Is that something that Gordon has kicked off himself? Uh, we want to speak to him about that. Hey, friends, uh, this is no joke. This is all very, very, very serious. And um, when we look at the untold yet to be untold it is yet untold how many people around the world around the globe have died from this someone need to be held accountable and it breaks my heart. I got to tell you this. It, it, to, to see so blatantly people who know better, people who have benefited from the policies of this administration blame this president and the administration for something that he had no control over. I heard some uh, senator on on, on uh, uh, television this morning, early this morning, uh, asking a, a question, how many American lives does this administration want to lose for the sake of uh, a high GDP for points being raised in our GDP? How stupid is that question? Why is this administration forcing people to go back to work without any regard for their health? Who would ask such a stupid question? But even even more so, who would believe such a stupid thing? But who would ask such a stupid question? And then... Who would believe such a stupid thing? Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised 
who'd be asking such stupid questions. But I tweeted out a little bit earlier today that the truth shall make you free. And someone who does and has been speaking truth for a long time now is my next guest, Professor Attorney Extraordinaire and outspoken voice for America and American principles, uh, someone who I greatly admire and respect, um, Professor Gordon Chang. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, and thank you so much. Thank you uh, for being on with us, Gordon. Now, you have launched an all-out uh, boycott against China. You don't want us to do any business with them. In fact, you're advocating starving the evil. Tell us what you really think there, Gordon, about China and how we should approach them. Well, of course, we'd like to have robust relations with every country. But unfortunately, China has deliberately taken steps that have resulted in the deaths now of 90,000 Americans, and that number will be much higher when the outbreak finally subsides. Uh, so we should not be enriching a regime that uh, took steps that knew would result in great economic harm and the death of Americans. So at this particular time, it's unfortunate, but we need to cut trade, investment, licensing, travel, all the rest of it. And this is going to be painful for us, but it's absolutely necessary. When we think about the measures that you are suggesting that we take against the Chinese, we then have to believe that the Chinese purposely allowed something to escape its borders without telling us that would kill the rest of the world if, in fact, we didn't arrest it. Was the World Health Organization who? Were they complicit? Uh, certainly WHO was complicit. The case against China rests on two principal factors. There are more, but the two principal ones are that it announced human-to-human -human transmissibility of uh, the coronavirus only on January 20. But Chinese leaders probably knew about this second week of December. Now, if they had said nothing during that five-week period, that would have been grossly irresponsible. But what they did was they deliberately tried to tell the world it was not human-to-human -human transmissible, and WHO helped them, especially with its infamous January 14th tweet, which said, look, based on information from China, there's no clear evidence of H-to-H, human-to-human transmissibility. The second foundation for this is that uh, because China knew that this was human-to-human -human transmissible, it should have prevented people from leaving China to infect the world. But in fact, China did the opposite. What it did was pressure countries to accept arrivals from China, not to impose quarantines and restrictions. And World Health Organization helped them with its January 10th statement, which said uh, countries shouldn't be imposing these types of travel restrictions. You put those two things together, and it's clear that Chinese leaders knew that what they were doing would inevitably lead to death and infection around the world which makes them, by the way, responsible for this, um, and it leads to all sorts of conclusions. We can't cooperate with a country that has um, killed Americans. Let me ask you then, what is the game being played by so many on the left who want somehow Americans to believe that the president is pawning off the blame for this onto the Chinese? What's happening here in our own nation when it comes to our supporting this president in this time. Talk to us. 
Yeah, this is extremely, um, really concerning. Um, I can understand people might not vote for President Trump on November 3. But between now and um, at least noon on January 20 of next year, he's our president. He's the only person who can defend us against China, which is our common enemy, which is engaging uh, in these horrible attacks on us, unrelentingly, and vicious attacks. So um, my point of view is that we all need to rally behind the president, and the president has an obligation, of course, to make sure that he can get the support of others. So um, I believe right now, um, I don't know why the critics uh, are propagating the narratives of Chinese communism, but this borders on disloyalty. The amount of money, uh, Gordon Chang, our special guest is Professor Gordon Chang, and um, who is all things China. In fact, Gordon, tell everyone how to get in touch with you, how to engage you and your thoughts before we go any further. Yeah, the best way is through Twitter, um, and my Twitter handle is Gordon G. Chang, G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. And my website is www.gordonchang.com. What are we looking like as far as reopening our economy? Uh, we can't remain closed or we die anyway. Gordon, what are you, uh, what is your opinion on the reopening of America? Well, it, it's going to happen because Americans demand it. Um, I think there will be additional coronavirus cases. But let's remember why we had the lockdowns in the first place, and that was um, to flatten the curve so that our hospitals would not be um, overstressed. And we've done that. Um, the hospitals that we have are able to handle coronavirus cases. Um, so I think that you know we're going to see the economy reopen, and, and most people want it. It's a question of you know is it now or a couple of weeks from now. But I think that that's where we all are moving largely because the reason for the lockdown has passed. Gordon, the mask that we have been wearing, and some are mandating them now, we have seen, uh, is that a part of Chinese culture? I, I have many uh, friends uh, that I have talked to about this, but the, the audience in, at large, talk to us about the Chinese and why we have seen them wearing masks for many years now, uh, wherever you might travel throughout the world. Talk to us about that. Yeah, especially the Japanese wear masks when, when they're sick. And if you walk around Tokyo or any Japanese city, you'll see um, people in masks um, in you know ordinary times. I, I think in general it might not be so much part of culture, but remember um, most of Asia, um, East Asia, went through SARS, the 2002-2003 epidemic. People were acclimated at that time to wearing masks. And so it came more naturally now to wear masks um, in Asia than it did in the United States. Is the vaccine that uh, the president has actually whipped through, uh, you know, and his people have whipped through, is it the end all or have we actually uh, entered into, uh, are we not in Kansas anymore, Gordon Chang? How's America look going forward? Yeah, I'm not a virologist. Um, I would suspect. Um, you know, a vaccine, of course, is going to help. Um, but, um, you know, vaccines are, uh, first of all, not 100% effective. You know, they might be 99.99% effective. But, you know, you, you do have problems. Um, also, um, you know, the coronavirus is now embedded in our population. 
it's going to be around. It's going to mutate. Uh, who knows what's going to happen next year or a couple of years down the road. Um, but, you know, once this has gotten into our country, and thanks to China, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to live with this uh, for quite some time. Let's talk about, uh, finally, with you, Gordon, trade deals that were on the table with China. How then does this affect our relationship? Now, it's damaged it, no doubt. Uh, that goes without saying. But how does it affect business? Gordon J. Well, the, the phase one trade deal, which was signed on January 15th, may or may not be honored by China. Um, China's been making noises that it was wanted to be relieved of its most important obligation, which is to buy an additional $200 billion of goods and services over a two-year period, considering a 2017 baseline. Um, and if China doesn't adhere to that, then there's certainly going to be no phase two deal. I think even in the best of circumstances, um, there's going to be no phase two, because those are the issues that China doesn't want to uh, compromise on. They go to the core of what Chinese leader Xi Jinping wants for the Chinese economy, basically state domination, state subsidies, all the rest of it. So um, I don't see very much going forward um, on uh, trade deals with China. To bring the conversation full circle here today with uh, Gordon Chang, uh, uh, professor, attorney extraordinaire, and outspoken uh, voice when it comes to America and dealing with Chinese. And I want everybody to understand, we're talking about governments, principalities, and policies. We're not talking about uh, people or, you know, discriminating in any way against a people or anything of that nature. But there are governments that act in evil ways, and that is what we are wanting to punish. And the Chinese government did, in fact, act in a way that was evil to the entire world. And, uh, Gordon, to bring the conversation full circle, you're saying that this was something that they could have um, thwarted. They could have, this could have been stopped. Is that your opinion on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. They should have been an epidemic confined to the center part of China. Um, Beijing um, let it get out. And once it uh, was spread throughout China, I think Xi Jinping decided to level the playing field by spreading the virus elsewhere. We don't know what was in his mind. But if that's, in fact, what he wanted to do, he would have done exactly what, in fact, he did do. And so from that, we can infer an evil motive. Wow. Well, if that's what he wanted to do, if that's what he wanted to accomplish, then that's exactly what he did accomplish. That is chilling. Gordon Chang, God bless you. God keep you as my prayer for you. And uh, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Thank you for coming on with me. We look forward to talking to you again real soon. And hey, listen, uh, this is the second month that you're on. I'm going to have you on at least once a month, Gordon Jane. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, C.L. Bryant. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was a friend of the show, Gordon Chang. Uh, and he's going to be coming on with us um, uh, very um, often. I just love, love, love his straightforwardness. And I just love um, his, um, he was a brain. He has a beautiful brain. Beautiful. Was that, it was a movie, I think. Uh, beautiful Mind. That's Gordon. Gordon has a beautiful mind. Uh, coming up uh, after the top of the next hour will be Pastor uh, Tim Karskatton, friend of mine there in Shreveport, Louisiana. He is with APAC, uh, American-Israeli um, PAC is what it is. Uh, and um, they are, they're strong. They're incredible. 
And he's going to be on with us and he's going to talk to us about what they are doing on the second anniversary of the announcement that the capital of Jerusalem would be recognized by America. Uh, the capital of Israel would be recognized by America from henceforth as the eternal city, Jerusalem, where it, since King David, <laughs> that was the, that has been the capital of Jerusalem, is the eternal city as far as scripture is concerned. And um, somehow they took it down to Tel Aviv, uh, trying to be gauche, I mean, not gauche, but, um, well, nouveau. And, um, which is, was wrong. Jerusalem is the historic and eternal capital of Israel, according to what God has told them. It was the city of David. Well, it was the, the, yeah, the great city. And so um, that's where the temple is. And of course, Jerusalem, uh, Israel being founded as a theocracy, the temple is was the the center of who what they were all about, and you can always tell when they wanted to break away from that. They moved or they recognized a very Tel Aviv is night and day from Jerusalem. Oh man, <laughs> uh, Tel Aviv! You can do anything you want to do in Tel Aviv. Jerusalem, not so much. But Tel Aviv, uh, very much like America. Very much like America. Jerusalem, no, very much orthodox, uh, both in the Muslim tradition and in, of course, the Jewish tradition. Friends, um, we have a fantastic, a golden opportunity here to see ourselves involved in saving a republic by becoming involved with organizations like FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks.org, FreedomWorks.org. Tell them you heard about it right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Um, by becoming involved with organizations like FreedomWorks, who is a, who are a movement, you become engaged with preserving the republic. What good is having a home if you don't have one to go home to? Well, you got a home. But there's nothing there. Uh, you got a job. You had one three months ago. You didn't get fired. Nobody laid you off. Job's not there. Just went away. Can anybody say fragile? I'm CL. We'll be right back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned up inside you thought I was to die for
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. I want to thank each and every one of you. For coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. My guest in the last segment was Professor Attorney Extraordinary Gordon Chang. And um, highly sought after commentator. You see him all the time on Fox. We see him everywhere. We see Gordon everywhere. He's become a good friend of the show and uh, mine. And I certainly appreciate him coming on with us. Going to have him on at least once a month. Uh, to bring us up to speed on all things China and, of course, what's his take on what we, uh, how we're doing uh, here in America as um, we approach uh, the election day, 2020, November 3rd, President re-election of President Donald John Trump, 45th President of the United States. Um, yes, uh, well, a couple of days ago, the, the President revealed to everybody and and this is to this gives you and let me let me help you with this because I know a lot of people have trouble with the president being so forthright this doesn't help it this doesn't hurt anybody doesn't hurt doesn't hurt at all for him to tell you the um, convictions that he has and that he actually puts his money where his mouth is right the president came out and um, admitted, well, he revealed, he didn't have to admit anything, that um, he takes the anti-malarial drug hydrochloroquine as a preventative measure against coronavirus. Uh, it was a own personal health decision. Presidents have a right to do what they want to do with their own health, just like you do. But, of course, they were denied due process. But they, they still have the right to do with their own. They, 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 they can take whatever supplement they want as long as uh, you keep him from killing himself. And um, his doctors consulted with him. I'm sure the Secret Service is informed that the president is taking this stuff. Evidently, the con- general consensus is it won't kill him. And um, the president, um, being um, self-satisfied with who he is and his own skin, the president decides he wants to take this. But now the press is misreporting, mischaracterizing him taking it. Nancy Pelosi comes out. Now, now when <laughs> Nancy Pelosi comes on TV the other day, a couple of days ago, and says, well, he is the president and um, he shouldn't be taking things that could be harmful to him. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Couldn't you just, um, oh my gag or something like that? Yeah, you know Nancy Pelosi don't care what happens. She said it herself. I don't care what he says. I don't care what happens to him. She, talk about resist, resist, resist. Talk about contrary, contrary. That's what that is. Whatever he says, even if it saves the life of billions. Because Trump said it, it's got to be harmful. Friends, I'm telling you that, that is deranged. That's Trump derangement syndrome. Why it's it's happening? I don't know, but it's happening. It's deranged. And you have these people who have been so brainwashed by the media that they take in that they have been programmed when you, they hear the word Trump, they, this glazed, this glazed look comes into their eyes and this, their, their skin flushes with, you know, perspiration. They, they have this derangement that they have been programmed to have at the mention of his name. And they don't care that they have been so duped into being and behaving in such fashion. They, they don't care. And they, don't, they don't know the man. They just know that they don't like his personality and uh, that's something uh, that is absolutely stupid because uh, I didn't like the, the, the best influence uh, other than my father and my pastor growing up was my coach. I didn't like him. Billy Joe Adcock, I didn't like him. But um, I didn't like his personality. Didn't like his personality. Uh, coming from the deep south, Billy Joe was uh, the epitome of that white guy. But see, I was living that in real time. Uh, you all today just take people with southern accents like me whoever else and you know you somehow think that they are representative in real time today of people back in the 60s and 70s it's just not they inherited their fathers and mothers and grandparents accent like I did but uh, they lived very much in today's times all of my 90% of my friends are from the South. And whether they're black or white, we're just good old boys. Wouldn't change if we could, just some good old boys. <laughs> I recall back in the day. Now, I'll tell you how things have changed. And I want you to think about this, and I want you to think about uh, how you've been programmed. Do any of you remember when the Dukes of Hazard was the number one show among blacks and whites on television? Huh? Anybody remember that? Anybody remember that? Now they what what was the name of the car that they drove? Huh? The General Lee. Yeah, General Lee. 
That was the car they drove. And what was the symbol on the top of the hood of the General Lee? The Confederate flag. Now, I recall this vividly, and I didn't think anything of it, but um, things would certainly go down if it happened today, and I'm wondering where did things go really sideways. We certainly didn't become any smarter between then and now. No, our children are much less. Uh, we have more techno smarts, but as far as common sense, mother wit, no, we're much smarter back then much more book learned when you looked it up yourself, find it yourself than we are now. Much more. Much more. But we were broader minded. Some people will say, well, you guys were just stupid. You you didn't, you hadn't stood up for yourself yet. Well, yes, we had. I knew little black kids who had General Lee uh, Dukes of Hazard lunch pails took them to school proudly mm -hmm. the only thing that was truly uh, on our minds and everything and the one thing that uh, we all as men were uh, glad to see occur was the advent of Daisy Dukes <laughs> yeah maybe that's what made the show so palatable for everybody, red, yellow, black, and white. Everybody liked the Dukes of Hazard. It didn't become a racist, hatred-filled show. Uh, Roscoe, Pete, Gold Train, and the boys. Mm, Balls Hog. Huh? Oh, you remember all that? We weren't this keyed up and uh, back then, 40 years ago. We weren't this keyed up. What? What up? What's happening here? What happened to us? Was there an awakening? No, no, no. There was a brainwashing that occurred that has led to us actually taking down historic monuments for the sake of it. That's how deranged we have become, we, have, we want to ignore our American history in order to preserve the way someone might feel about it. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Can't do that. It happened. And we have survived and we shall move on unless you decide to stay here or go back there, which you really can't do except in the prisms of your thinking and in your mind because there is no way you can revisit the past except in your mind and in your thinking. You can't do anything about it physically here at this present time, so why do we want to relive it? It doesn't make any sense. The only thing you can do is learn from it. And you can't learn from it if you hide it. I want to know the Civil War story. Who 
were the Confederates. I was born in Confederate Memorial Hospital. Who were the Confederates? Why were the Confederates? You can't truly understand America and who we are, what we're about, and where we're going unless you understand the reasons for the Civil War. Um, we're the only nation who has ever fought a war for the items contained in the Articles of War. We split ourselves right in two for the items contained in the Articles of War, but if we had not been uh, as dedicated to the proposition that our nation was founded upon. And that's what drove Lincoln. It wasn't any love of black folks or anything of that nature. It was the fact that uh, Lincoln was a person who was principled. And that proposition that all men were created equal, seeing how it is, Lincoln was an avid scripture reader, he could not reconcile with himself how then that man could not have the same equality of making his own choices as any man had. How long can a nation so conceived to such a proposition endure? Especially when you have men who don't believe that those who were in bondage were entitled to make their own decisions for themselves. That's what Lincoln was talking about. How long can a nation dedicate it to that proposition? For whom? How long can it endure? Well, 242 years um, later, we're still here, 157, 157, I think, since um, the Gettysburg Address, we're still here. And with God's help, we will continue into the long, dark, and sometimes tedious journey that we have, but yet there is light at the end of the American tunnel. I'll be back. Mm -hmm.